Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, friends. Do you have a child who is headed to school for the first time or headed back to school for another year of learning? It's a big time of transition. It's an exciting time for the child and for the parent. And it's so important to get off starting on the right foot. It sets the tone for the whole year. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. So I have and great guest here tonight. I'm so excited. I think you're going to love her. You're going to want to hear her over and over again. She's my friend, Janet Scheib. Hello, Janet. Hi, how are you today? Yeah. I'm great. I'm glad you're here. You need to start by telling us, please, a little bit about your experience. Um, what exactly, what were the grades that you've taught? As a I teacher? taught them all. I taught K through 12. Is that right? As a substitute, I've taught every single subject. I always said just, I will teach anything that you ask me to teach because it's a new adventure for me. Uh-huh. So I taught it all. I loved it. Yeah, oh, I know. You've got the heart. You've got the spirit that shines. So you were talking about your degree. Your degree was actually with um, behavior. Yes, I I was very focused on behaviors in all of my graduate work. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed. I want to know what makes a kid tick. I want to learn every every behavior that you see out there. There's something that that kid doesn't have or he needs, and it's our job as educators to figure out what makes a kid tick. We don't have any bad kids out there. You just got to connect with them by figuring out what it is, why they're acting out. And that's our job is to figure that out with each student that we teach. Yeah, I I think we so much have that in common. That kind of information fascinates me to no end. And um, I think it just makes such a difference. As we were just talking, you and I, a little bit ago, 80% 
of success in life comes from social skills. I've talked about this. This is the whole nature of this radio show here. And I think so. what you're talking about, behavior, that's where 80% of the success comes from. You know, I like to see the schools are already so over-mandated with things that they have to teach, subject matter, they have to get through the testing, all that kind of stuff. But I'm excited to see that more and more schools are adopting programs where they include these emotional intelligence training. So you and I are going to really talk about that kind of stuff as far as the parents go tonight because all these kids are heading back to school. And how can we help the parents make do their part? You know, the, the kids have their own personalities, but what can the parents do to help their child become more successful? And um, one thing that I was wondering about, wanted to get your thoughts on, are how important is it for parents to meet the teachers? Oh, uh, you know, that is one area that I, I is so very, very important. I, I am passionate about teacher communication with parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's everything to a child. That's where it begins. You have to be able to, you know, connect with, with the teachers of the classroom because that's when you help your child the most, especially a child that's struggling somewhere. If you have a great connection with a, with a teacher, you guys can figure it out together. You live with your child every single day. We only have these kids eight hours a day. So by connecting with the parents, you have a lot of input to give us to help a kid be very successful in school. That, yeah, then you have a whole picture. Yeah, and we're vice versa. And, the, and then the teachers have some really good information, maybe the students acting a little different at school and seeing some things that the, the parent doesn't see. Yeah, I like that teamwork thing. When And I think, you know, all good teachers, I think, look at it as teamwork with the parent. I think most teachers are really open to that, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I, I think one of the cool things in my experiences as a teacher that I've seen is I love the communication that some of these schools do. They'll they'll have a personal notebook. Each child has a notebook. Uh-huh. And what that parent and that teacher do, they communicate by that notebook. Like the parent may talk about, well, tonight my child struggled with this. And and I don't know what to do about it. Do you have any advice for me? And so just through that communication with the notebook, you can send information to the parents when you have a question as a teacher and you're struggling with something that's going on with a child. Mm-hmm. The parent can communicate that back to you. I think you get that kind of thing more so in, in grade school, though, don't you? Once you get to that, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like for us, we moved to this area and... I found for myself when the children were younger, it was much easier to get to know the teachers. There were more activities and more opportunities to come in school. And once they got to high school, it just it seemed like it was a little bit harder. Maybe for me, I was busy too. But my husband, Dan, is a high school teacher. And obviously, all the every time there's a parents conference, he knows he's going to be sitting there and he's going to get one or two parents come in to see him. But the grade school kids, those parents, you know, those teachers are busy. They have tons of parents coming in to see them. You know, the high school kids in the junior high, the way that they communicate with the teachers is by email. 
that seems to be the way that they're communicating today. Yeah. If a parent's got a question, they emailed the teacher. The teacher has a question, they emailed the parent. So that, and even with the students, even the students today, even if they have a question about their homework assignment, they can just email that teacher, and that teacher will get right back to them right. and, yeah. and, and tell them the answer and, and help them with, with whatever they're struggling with. So don't be afraid to email the teacher. They're open to that. Absolutely. Or teachers, their jobs are becoming 24-7 now, though. But, but, but that's why we became <laughs> teachers, was to help the kids to shape their future. You know, kids really look up to teachers. And if you can just find one kid to connect with a teacher, um, it's wonderful that that kid will succeed if they can connect with a teacher. Yeah. It's vital to, to their struggles, to their achievements. It, it's vital to their adulthood is connecting with someone. I don't care who that someone is, but it, it's wonderful when it's an educator that they connect right. with. Because then you just see a, a kid that has problems with different things. They connect with the teacher, and all of a sudden, they just start going uphill instead of downhill. Because for the first time in their lives, they've connected with someone who truly cares about the individual. Isn't that just amazing? It takes one person to believe in a child, and it can change their whole world. It really is amazing. Like you said, it could be a teacher. Hopefully it's a teacher, but it could be anyone. Absolutely. Mentor someone. So I want to switch subjects real quick. Let's talk about supplies. There are a lot of things I want to ask you while I've got you here. So how important is it for a child to have supplies, all the supplies they need starting day one of school? Oh, that's that's very, very important. Uh, For one thing, you know, funding is, is a lot tougher in schools today. And so one of the things that most schools come up with is a list that they send home to the parents, asking for the parents to purchase certain supplies. For example, like Kleenex. They'll have a kid bring a box of Kleenex. You write your, write that name on that particular kid's box, and then when that kid needs a Kleenex, he just goes to his closet or his cubby and he gets, gets a box of Kleenex. Mm-hmm. Even the junior high and the high school kids, you know, they'll bring in their own supplies, their Kleenexes, uh, things that they need like that. But supplies are, are really helpful for both the, the schools and for the children and, and, and for the parents. It, it helps so much because it helps financially. Yeah. I understand why the schools do it. And since it's expected of all the kids, the things I always worry about are confidence building in the children and self-esteem. And it seems like if a child is missing a few things that they need, then it's kind of a little bit of a walk of shame that first week. Or they're playing catch-up, and it seems like the schools, they always jump right in with the homework and the fundraisers and the sports and whatever it is. And that's one thing, if we can get all that out of the way in advance, is one less thing maybe the child has to worry about. Absolutely. Going in. Absolutely. Yeah, get that out of the way. There are, and it's expensive. That's a problem. You know, it can be a problem for some uh, because, you know, there's a lot 
books, all the supplies, the backpacks, the clothes, the shoes. Um, you know, I shouldn't even looked up the average amount that parents spent on preparing children for school, but I think it's somewhere around $300. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. You know, that's one thing as, as teachers, one thing that we try to prepare for are for those students that come to school that don't have those supplies with them mm-hmm. or are lacking certain supplies. So as teachers, we all just kind of go out and buy our own little personal box and, and stock it with the things that we think that the kids might need that yeah. some of them can't afford to buy some of these things. Yeah. So we supply it for the kid when they come in. So and talk then, to the teacher. Yeah, so talk the to problem. the teacher if, if there's a problem. There's a website, too, I wanted to share with everyone. It's called bonavendi.com. That's spelled B-O-N-A-V-E-N-D-I. It compares over 30 vendor websites that will give parents the best place to purchase books and sell them back. <laughs> So if you have to buy some books, you can check there, and it'll do the price shopping for you. Absolutely. Or you can go to any library, uh-huh. and you can borrow a book from the library. Yeah, another great And idea. that way you don't have to pay for it, and you just return it. So there's another idea mm-hmm. is, is go to the library. Go to your public library and see if they have the book that your child needs. Yeah, great idea. <clears throat> so what do you think, Janet, about education over the summer? Because, you know, the kids really need the break, or do they, what's your theory? Do they need to stay connected with learning so that they don't get out of the groove? I know there's always this restart-up time at the beginning of the year? What what do you think about summer education? You know, what I personally believe is I think kids need that summer break. I know teachers need that summer break, Uh but I really think kids need that summer break because kids need to play. Mm -hmm. I think if there's one thing that we don't see a lot today, it's kids playing. When was the last time you saw a football game in the backyard? like when we were kids growing up. When have you seen a basketball court full of kids playing on a weekend, playing basketball? You you don't see those things today. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very important that kids learn to play. We have taken that away from kids, I think. Now, the elementary, they make sure that the kids go out for recess. Everybody has to go out for recess. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. And therefore, the kids learn to play. But junior high and high school... You know, you're never too old to play. And I think, you know, the kids are tired at the end of the school year. Mm -hmm. I know the teachers are tired at the end of the school year. And so the kids get tired just like we do. And and so by having that three months off for summer vacation or two and a half, Mm -hmm. it kind of revives you. And, And then you're excited when you come back to school. Because now you're ready, because you've, you've had fun, you've, you've played with your computer games, you've played, you've hung out with your friends, um, you've helped your parents. You need that break mentally. Mm-hmm. Because school isn't just about 
everybody working, doing the book work all the time. School is about socialization. And, and so I think you have to give kids a break. You know, take, for example, look at kids at Christmas time. The kids love the Christmas break because, you know, you're working so hard as a kid in school, taking the test, learning whatever the teacher is teaching, all of the classes, all of the homework. Christmas break comes and everybody's pumped. It, they need that break. It, it kind of refreshes the brain. It refreshes the student. It refreshes the teachers. And then when they come back, they're ready to work again. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I truly believe that kids need that break in the summer. I do not think it's a good idea to make kids go year-round. Yeah. I just I, I think everybody needs a break to rest their brain. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it gives you an opportunity for a fresh start. Maybe things aren't going so well. You can kind of wipe the slate clean. If you have a month off or two months or a week, what, you know, whatever it is, I think it gives you a clear point where you can say, okay, listen, that's behind me. This is a fresh start. It's kind of Absolutely. nice to have Absolutely. opportunities. Indeed. Yeah. Dan did something different. You know, Dan's my husband, and he's a science and physics teacher in junior high and senior students, just to remind the audience. But um, for the first time ever, he met with his students over the summer this year. So it's kind of a little experiment. We'll see what difference it makes. But um, he asked the kids if they wanted to do it. And they wanted to do it. They chose to do it. They're all juniors and seniors. And they met once a week on Wednesdays. And he's really excited about it. So I hope I hope the kids don't burn out. I hope it's all been good. <clears throat> but they had the opportunity to learn how to work with their computers and learn how to set up things on their lab reports and stuff like that. So he thinks he's, he's pumped about it because he thinks they're a little bit ahead of the learning curve. And, um, yeah, I hope the kids don't get burned out. Well, this will be to be determined as the year goes on because I know there's so much pressure on kids, and it increases more and more, I think, as they get older. And um, and I've heard many kids say there's, they're just, at points they get tired. You know, they get, this is too much, and they get stressed because there's too much performance pressure and, yeah, those vacations are nice. And learn, remembering how to play and be a kid. We grew up so fast. But so I, think, fast. I think your husband's got a good point. First of all, the most important thing that he did is he asked the he kids. He did, right. He asked the kids. The kids will, kids will tell you. And, and if you give them a choice and, and you ask them, they'll tell you. And and it was only once a week. I think that's fantastic because yeah. it keeps their skills sharp, especially in that area that Dan teaches. And I think if a kid doesn't want to do it, he won't come back during that week. But he's obviously connecting with kids because they keep coming back. And absolutely, when they graduate from high school and they're ready to go on to college, that's a big plus because their skills are so sharp. Mm-hmm. And and I would agree. I think they definitely have a have a hands up because they've done that. 
they, they, you know, they still had time to play. It was only one day a week, and I know they could still took family vacations and they did family sports and that kind of thing in the summer. And <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, it's never one size fits all. Um, I mean, we can say that over. We cannot say it too many times. We have to say it over and over again because I know boards, the school boards, they have to make decisions for the group as a whole. But you know, it's never one size fits all, and that's really where the parents really fill in the gap for their child because they know their child and they know what they Absolutely. need. Absolutely. And you're right. He did do a smart thing, asking the kids. Absolutely. <laughs> Just ask the kid. They'll tell you. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. That's right. They will tell you what they think. Yeah. And they did, though. He's really proud of them. They came. But they did. And, awesome. and you know, i, I got to believe the reason why they came is because he made education fun. If yeah. you, you can take the most boring of subjects that all of us didn't like either. But if you had a teacher that made it fun, oh, my goodness, you couldn't get enough of it. Right. You, you, the fun teachers are the ones that you remember. This is the, true. the fun teachers are the ones that you're still talking about in your adulthood. You go to reunions, and that's exactly what you see. That's talking right. about the fun teachers. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's about, it's about that. Kids, yeah. kids really learn when they're having fun. Okay, we've got more tips we want to get to for parents. And I'm sure you'll agree. Establishing good routines. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Routines are very important. Yeah, it is even just, I think, for kids in general, but particularly for best performance in school. So I wrote down some little pointers here, that, and you feel free to jump in with what you want to add. So set a standard wake-up and sleep time. Oh, absolutely. They know. <laughs> absolutely. Get them on you know, we're all on schedules, whether we're a baby, whether we're in, in grade school, junior high, high school, we're still on a schedule as adults. <laughs> You're always on a schedule, and the more you stick to that routine and stay on a schedule, the more successful you'll have. I think so. Schedules work. Cell phones, this is a big one when they, I mean, kids, they're wanting cell phones in sixth grade, sometimes even younger. I mean, there's little fourth graders running around with cell phones, so you're right. What do you do about now, those? Now, here is a, is a cool thing that, that some of the staff did at one of the schools that I taught in. This was, this was just brilliant. This teacher had a little basket full of Tootsie Rolls. And what she told, this was a high school teacher, what she told these kids when they came into class, you can have a Tootsie Roll at the end of my class period if you put your cell phone in this basket. Well, you know the funniest thing. They all threw their cell phones in this basket so they could have a one-cent penny piece what of, age was of this? candy. This is high school. Really? This is juniors and seniors because they wanted that piece of candy, that Tootsie Roll. Oh and to them, you just, you, you know, you provide a treat. And they will give up their, their cell phones because they want that piece of candy. So parents need to give their children cell phones, a tissue roll at night to give up their cell phones. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that. It's a great teaching tool that this yeah. teacher came up with because she was struggling with the fact that the kids were texting on their cell phones while she was talking. Oh, that would be so frustrating. And, and, it, and it is because they're at least – the schools that I know do not have a cell phone policy that says they want the kids to follow, um, please don't use your cell phone except when you are out of class, at lunchtime, when you're between classes, but don't 
use them during class. Yeah. But we all know that story. That's impossible to yeah. get kids to oh, do yeah. that. It's just, so if you provide just a simple thing like that teacher came up with, it worked. That's it, clever. It yeah. was clever. It worked. Smart. It's, well, as far as um, as far as establishing a routine at home, cell phones at home are a problem too. Turning those off at night and getting called at night, you know, do, do parents go around and collect? Say, oh, this is time to go to bed. Hand over your cell phone. That that kind of gets to be old every night. But um, you can't have the ability there. I think there's a lot of carriers. Just to give a little tip, you can you know parents can check with their particular carrier. I know we have Verizon, and they offer parental controls. So the parents not there at the bedside every night saying turn over your phone. That you can get their phones to turn off every night at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whatever the bedtime is. So you don't have to worry about it as a parent. Now I had a set of parents. They came up with this cool idea, and their kids are in junior high and high school. And what they came up with so that their kids were not playing on their cell phones all night and getting a lack of sleep for school the next day Mm -hmm. is they told their kids they had a certain time they they needed to be in bed. And before they went to bed, they had to bring their cell phone into their parents' bedroom, and that's where the cell phone went on the jack to be charged. But the cell phone went to their bedroom when it was time for bed. Mm -hmm. Then they knew that their kids would go to bed at a reasonable time. Because yeah. they weren't up playing on their cell phones all night. Yeah. It was a great idea. And this this is junior high and high school kids that did this. If they can only charge it in mom and dad's room, then that's another idea. Uh, organizing clothes at night, too. This is a big one. I think probably especially for, oh, on your list? <laughs> on my list. <laughs> especially for girls. And the backpack, too. Get your backpack packed. and But you know, don't spend 20 minutes in the morning. Help your child to pick out the clothes the night before or instruct them to do that. It's a good habit to get into for, for well, all of us. Absolutely. I still do it as an adult. I put it as a teacher every single day of my yeah. life. I knew what I was going to wear the next day. I just hang it on my dresser. Yes. I knew what outfit I was going to wear, what socks I was going to wear, no, what kind of shoes. <laughs> I wanted everything right there. So when I got up in the morning, got out of the shower, I just changed into the outfit. That is so vital. It's simple. It's so simple. It's, and, and let the kid, you know, if you're dealing with elementary kids, let them pick out their own outfit. Yeah. You know, who cares if plaids don't match the striped pants they're wearing? That makes no difference. They're picking out their own clothes, and so already they're they're interested in, in school. You're already doing a positive thing because you're giving them the choice to pick out their own things. Even if it's something you don't like, it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. It doesn't hurt anything. It, it's not interfering with anything that, that they're not dressed like you want them Let to them be dressed. Let them be themselves. Let them be themselves. <laughs> Creativity. By them picking out their own stuff, that's that's showing some creativity in the child. Let them be creative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, it's a wonderful idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. And organize a staging area, too, for other items, not just picking out the clothes, but where are your, where is your backpack going to be in the morning and everything that's in there, your lunch or whatever that you need to get out the door, Make kind of have maybe a standard area where that goes so that they're not then where did I leave my whatever, book pack. Have a standard staging area for stuff to go to, I think, helps the morning routine off. You know, we are definitely creatures of habit. Look at look at us as adults. Mm-hmm. What do you do with your keys when you come in at night? 
from school, from work. You have a place that you put if your you keys. Six different places, you would never find it. That's You'll right. be hunting in the morning. That's right. <laughs> Same so place. Figure out a place. And, That's a great and, idea, Beth. Yeah, and healthy snacks too. That 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 really can't be underestimated because. Kids snack a lot. Their metabolism is going pretty fast, and there's an, and it keeps their blood sugar up. It keeps them thinking. Um, it's just a good thing to have snacks where they can grab it and they know what they're allowed to have at what time. I think that's another important part of the routine and keeping them steady and focused. You know, cool. a lot of your schools today, even in the elementary schools and junior highs and high school, they have snacks in their vending machines, and they're all healthy snacks that they you are. never can find um, candy bars, three musketeers. Okay. You can't find junk food anymore in the vending machines. And you can get potato chips, but they're the baked potato chips. Everything is the baked potato chip, the baked snacks, because schools are really, really focusing on kids eating better. And so this is a wonderful thing that they've started to do in school, set up snack machines that provide healthy snacks, apples, bananas, oranges, uh, fruit cups. Um, you're, you're seeing this happen throughout the, the school systems, and, and it's a wonderful thing. That's a really good thing. And establishing homework patterns is a good part of, really important part of the routine, too. And, again, I think this is something that has to be per child because does your child need to have a snack, they need to cool off, and then get to homework? Or does your child lose focus if they don't get to homework right away? I think you kind of have to set a routine that is based on what works for your child. Absolutely. Because they're not all the same. No, they're not. Every kid's individual. Now, I know some of the schools, at least in the school that I worked in up in Norwalk, they had an after-school program Mm -hmm. because today, if you think about it, both parents are working. And if there's an after-school program available, oh, my goodness, get your kid to an after-school program. Because there, at least what what one of my schools did is they provide an after-school program, and you get snacks right after school, so you get some more fuel. Then they have these kids um, doing all sorts of athletic things, fun things, like like a fun day, jump roping, shooting baskets, uh, playing ball. And and then they focus on some of the skill areas that, mm-hmm. that schools, the math, the science. But this, these after-school programs are fun. They're geared to get the kids psyched up to have fun. <laughs> and they're really growing throughout the school systems. They're wonderful programs. If, if you can find an after-school program, yeah. if your school has that, get your kid in that program. Check it out. Yeah, nice resource to think about. And, and one more thing on establishing a good routine post a central calendar. Uh, I know we've always done is post a calendar on their fridge, put each different child's schedule in a different ink color, and then everybody knows what's going on because when everybody's going in six different directions, you need to know what each other is doing and it's just easier to have it written down somewhere. You can just check right on there and so-and-so's here and nobody has to ask questions and be ever doubt what's going on. Just look on the calendar. And you know, you can even make this really fun for a kid to do so that mm-hmm. the, the, the student gets into it, both all the way 
all the way from elementary to high school. Make a wheel. In college, we have these wheels that we stuck on our doors. We each designed our own will, our will. And what you do is you put the wheel. If you were going out, you were going to classes, in this wheel, it would show in a pipe figure going to class, um, going to lunch, uh, in sports today. Uh, but you put, you make your own, you design your own wheel, then the mm-hmm. kids involved, the parents is involved, and they have that bedroom on their bedroom door so you know where that kid is. It's, it's an awesome way to, to know where your kids are mm-hmm. and what's going on for their schedule. Yeah, that's what we did in college. It was wonderful. Really? Mm-hmm. Great, was a great idea. idea. Great idea. Okay, Janet, I knew we were going to have so much to talk about. We were going to run out of time. <laughs> i got a few more things here I want to throw out. I'll just run through them real quick. Um, another tip for parents, make sure you tour the school. Absolutely. Yeah, even if they, if the kids are old, young, whatever age. And uh, help kids reconnect with their friends just before school starts, sometime over the summer. It might be a little bit more important for parents of younger kids to help them make the connection so they can maybe invite some friends over a few weeks before school starts so they can just have a little play date and then they've got that connection. Um, and, uh, and make sure parents attend school events, get involved, so important. Um, encourage buddy study sessions. Absolutely. I think that makes a big difference, makes studying fun, invite your friend over. I'll make, we can make cookies and then we can, you guys can study. Um, and parents stay up involved on what's happening in the school. I know most teachers in schools are really great about sending newsletters and that kind of thing, and parents are get so busy, but it's worth taking a minute to read that, that newsletter. And remember, parents, talk to your kids after school, whether it's around the supper table, before you go to bed. <laughs> ask your kid, how'd your day go? What'd you learn today? What was fun at school? Did you make any new friends? Get involved with your kids. Let them talk about their day and they'll be much more successful. Absolutely perfect, Janet. That was the very last thing that was on my mind as well. <laughs> talk, talk, talk every day. Yeah, ask them every day. And and ask them their concerns too, you know, not just what happened in your day. And it's really important not to ask questions that can be answered with yes or no, like how was your day fine? Engage them. <laughs> Tell me something that happened in your day today. Is there okay. anything that you're worried about at school? Talk to them. Yeah. And I found with the girls, you can't always be there the minute they get out of school. But, you know, make an effort, I think, to get there as close to that time. Call the child at that point or talk at the dinner table, whatever you can. But I found that as soon as they came out of school, they were ready to talk then. <laughs> and if I waited and I didn't see them till say, 7 o'clock at night or 8, but then the moment was gone. Yeah, they're a little less willing to talk. They, have, they come home wired off that bus. They're wired. They're and if ready. you have the opportunity to talk to them because you're a stay-at-home right. mom, then talk to them. If you can, right. I mean, not all moms is all yeah, not all moms working. can do that. Right. But maybe you can take a moment to uh, schedule your break so that's the time that the kids get out of school so you can call them then while it's fresh on their mind because that's when you're going to get the most communication. Talk to them on weekends. You know, talk to them on weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays. Make it family time. Let's just talk yeah, about what's going on in your life. It's kind of formal. You Absolutely. Can, yeah, why not? You, you, But get engaged. Parents, you need to get engaged. Yeah. And you engage with your kids, and your kids will engage back. They want to know you're interested in what they're doing in life. Yeah, absolutely. Janet, this has been so great. I knew our time would run short. 
But thank you so, so much. I think this has been really great, and I wish all the kids out there a great school year. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.